I'm having a great time with the research. We got to work on new problems. Not a lot of people are holding you to deadlines like they used to, so that's been really hard for me. It was an adjustment to become a student again, but I have a feeling that the most challenging parts are yet to come. I've realized that I've learned a lot and grown a lot as a graduate student. You're listening to Vitamin PhD, a podcast from Boston University delivering career narratives and skills know-how to supplement your doctoral studies. Hey everyone, I'm Maria Ayub. And I'm Jenna Zajac. And you're listening to Vitamin PhD. So Maria, I know you went on vacation recently, if I am correct. Um, How was it? Where did you go? Was it fun? So it was really, really fun. Um, My family and I decided to pick something very, very, very distant. And we went to um, Warm Springs, Virginia, which is just so in the middle of nowhere. It was like over an hour of barely marked dirt back roads to get up there once you got off the highway. And of course, you know, my brother, a fiance and I were driving up around midnight um, because we had waited till the end of the workday to leave Maryland. Um, And so we're driving up there and we enter sort of a more residential area where there's like a house or two sprinkled in. We saw a few mailboxes. We were like, okay, there is civilization up here, right? There are also bears. And we had a little standoff with one of them. We were driving and I like saw something shining kind of up ahead. And I was like, oh, it's probably like a dog. We'll slow down. And we get closer. And it's just a black bear just like chilling in the middle of the road. Oh, no. And what did you do? We literally just kind of like, we stopped and we were like, huh. Like, excellent. (laughs) Now what? Like, we're fine, I guess, because we're in the car. But we just kind of like waited for it to run off. Um, but it was just bizarre. I'd never seen a bear before. Um, yeah. Did it just kind of like stand and look at you and then and walk away or? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like we, we didn't even have time to get a picture of it. Like, because it just, it stood there. We had like a stare off for like 10 seconds and we were all like, oh, we should try and get a picture of it. And then it ran. Yeah. So that was that. But um, that was a wild, you know, beginning to everything. But otherwise it was really, really nice. Um, there was a great lake up there. The lake was called Lake Moomaw, which I just think mm-hmm. is so funny um but it was really like clean clear lake um great hiking spots really great weather it was supposed to rain the entire time and then it ended up being almost completely clear um so that was just a really great turn of events um but overall yeah it was really fun and of course you know my parents love to go overboard with everything um my mom was making these super elaborate meals Mm -hmm. and it was just really fun to like sit down and like eat cinnamon rolls for two hours you know what I mean like it was it was really really fun um I'm kind of sad about you know with school starting and stuff not being able to like sit down and like have like long elaborate (laughs) meals and just like hang out and stuff with family you know what I mean yeah yeah no I have definitely during this time been enjoying my meals a lot more and spending time cooking different things and just um you know sitting for a while and just eating slow and you know, yeah, making more like complex things, but I know I'm, you know, thinking more about getting back into the routine of school and um, it does get really crazy. And I, you know, you always feel like you're eating the same things every day or you're not getting full from them or you don't even know like where to, what to do. And, um, but I've been trying to, you know, figure out more some planning ahead, easy things that I can do. Um, But one thing I, I know and I know you like some of your oatmeal and stuff like that as well. Uh, my, my favorite breakfast that will literally last me all morning that I do is protein oatmeal. So 
Um, you know, people do a ton of different combinations of that, but I've recently invested in some pretty flavorful proteins. Um, I always have chocolate on hand, obviously. Um, another one I have is ice cream sandwich. Oh, wow. Which is incredible. And then um, I've had like chocolate mint cookie. Um, I've also had like this cinnamon cookie crunch. So I like my variety. Um, but usually what I end up doing, and it's really quick, like it takes me like a couple minutes, um, mm -hmm. is I, you know, get quick oats or something like that. Um, usually I fill it up with water, throw it in the microwave, mix in the protein powder of choice, whatever flavor you're feeling, and just throw on some toppings. I usually do like banana, berries, and like peanut butter or something like that. Um, and it's ready in a couple minutes. And just because the protein powder is in there too, it's super filling. So I'm usually mm -hmm. full until lunch, which is nice. Because um, sometimes during the day, like with us, you're on the go all the time and you just don't mm -hmm. have time to sit and like find snacks. And um, you don't want to be hungry when you're trying to, to work and get things done. Um, you know, so that's a really quick and easy one too. Um, and then even moving into like dinner and stuff like that. Let me tell you, if you don't have an air fryer, I highly recommend, I have been air frying, like sweet potato fries are my favorite oh. thing, but like, yeah, yeah. Incredible with some like garlic salt and rosemary. Um, but th that has come in handy. So, uh, yeah, I'm trying to transition more into thinking about quick and easy <laughs> for the school year. I have wanted an air fryer for so long. I've heard so many good things about them. Oh my gosh. And also ice cream sandwich. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a dream. <laughs> Yep. Let That's me tell you. For. Dessert oh for breakfast every day. That, oh, wow. That sounds amazing. I really could use that in my life, I think. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, we could use a lot of things in our lives. And one of them, you know, is um, building our professional circle, which is what we'll be talking about today. So Jenna, do you want to start us off? So today we will be talking about building professional relationships and we have invited Mandy Pinero to join the conversation. Mandy is a third year PhD student studying molecular biology, cell biology, and biochemistry and is part of the NIA lab at Boston University in Boston, Massachusetts. Mandy, we are so excited to have you here today. We're really excited to chat with you. And you know, before we get into our main topic, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what led you to your research interests? Sure, Marie and Jenna. Thank you so much for having me here. Um, so basically a little bit about my background. Uh, I grew up playing sports basically every day. I was a big soccer player growing up and track and field athlete back in the day. And I even ran in the university for the University of Akron. So my interest in the sphere of kind of STEM in general kind of stemmed from being involved in sports and always getting injured. So back in the day, I would always experience some back problems, shin problems, um, stress fractures, this and that. And I was really interested in how the body was able to heal itself. And then what modalities and mechanisms could we use when we face injuries or diseases where the body couldn't heal itself on its own and needed a little bit of assistance. So that's kind of what got me into the field of I did my undergrad in biomedical engineering. I did my master's in exercise physiology, and now I'm in a little bit more on the biomolecular side, um, studying more molecular biology of muscles specifically. So in my lab, we study a lot of muscle diseases in skeletal muscle and cardiac muscle. And we look at it at the non-coding RNA level. So 
there's a lot of different genes of interest and some link RNAs, which are long non-coding RNAs that we're looking at. Um, but that's kind of the general idea of what I'm into and how I got there. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And I, I love that it started from, you know, from when you were really young and even just being in that sports background and how it was kind of more, you know, broad thinking about like muscles and injuries and things like that. And then you kept getting more and more internal down to the level of, you know, DNA. And it's yeah. really cool just that you're able to, you know, you were interested in it so young and that you were able to carry that along and actually found, you know, a lab where they do things like that, that you were interested in, um, you know, all along and that passion kind of grew. Definitely. And it's, that's what makes it fun. I think it's fun to think of it at the whole body level, all the way down to the DNA level and trying to understand that whole picture. Because if you just focus on one aspect, you kind of miss the bigger picture and I don't know, it's, it's fun to think about. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I think, um, and the path that you took to get there was really, really um, cool as well. Thank you. Yeah, and, and just in general, you've done a lot of really cool things and just made some really great connections along the way um, of your whole journey. So before we, you know, get into that more, um, I really want to start with the term of, you know, networking. And I, we're, we're wondering kind of what, what is your take on that, on that word in general? Thanks for that question. I actually personally don't enjoy the term networking that much. I honestly kind of hate it because let me explain. So in my mind, networking is, you know, something that you're supposed to do. And sometimes it can be really forced and it can be kind of not personal, right? So it's what can I get out of this person? What can this person get out of me? For me, I like to look at it as building professional relationships. So if it's something a little more genuine and you genuinely try to get to know that other individual, what their professional interests are, even sometimes, oh, like asking about their family, um, it just makes for a more genuine connection and a more real human interaction. And as scientists, I know that sometimes, you know, communication is not the strongest, um, I don't know, component of everyone's personality, which is totally fine. But, you know, like at the end of the day, we're all humans and we like to talk and connect on levels that are not just science. So kind of building a genuine relationship, I think will get you so much further. Um, and yes, you might be able to get something out of that person in theory, right? Um, but the main thing is that you kind of build that connection with that individual and it's a genuine connection that may or may not turn into something down the road. But if it doesn't, you know, that's just another kind of friend, a professional friend that you can have. Um, and I think I've been really lucky to make a lot of really awesome connections throughout my years in Akron and now in Boston. That's, um, that's really interesting. I don't think I've ever thought about that term in that way in terms of like it being forced or like how can I use this person that that is kind of what networking implies and I really like the idea of the intersection between like personal and professional and kind of finding that balance and making it like a personable relationship with the person um, so I like I guess it's it's definitely a two-way street but it has to start somewhere and possibly starts with you so I think um, what specifically have you done or do you recommend that others should do when trying to to build I'm sorry their professional circle yeah of course so honestly no matter if you are an introvert or you're an extrovert it's always going to be something that pushes you outside of your comfort zone 
So acknowledging the fact that, yeah, this is going to be something that's hard, especially if you're talking to key opinion leaders, leaders in the field, you know, this is going to be something that's a little bit scary to do at first. But I encourage everyone to kind of push themselves to um, talk to these individuals. Where do you meet these individuals? You attend lectures, you attend conferences, uh, you, you know, sometimes it's even a little bit more, um, more personal than that. Maybe it's, hey, we live in Boston, right? So we can take advantage of the fact that we're in Boston and even just down the street, walking down the street, you never know who you're going to bump into. Um, so attending these lectures, attending these conferences is a big thing, right? So you're there, you're present. So something that I like to do is after the lecture is done, and if you know I have the time, I'm not running the class or anything, I'll stay after and try to introduce myself to the speaker, um, tell them something that I really liked or ask a question. If you're able to ask a question within a conference and kind of state your name and do that, that's really awesome. But just trying to build that relationship. So introduce yourself, ask a question or something like that. But if that's too scary, the alternative can be, hey, you know, this person's really busy too, or um, you prefer to start off by email. I encourage within 24 hours of you meeting that person, maybe schedule send it for the next day or the next morning. And just nice, like, thank you so much for talking. And I really enjoyed your lecture on this topic. Um, I had a follow-up question about this, you know, those little, it doesn't have to be anything long, you know, but those little things matter. So that person might, you know, read it, say thank you, or um, everyone likes to hear that someone enjoyed their work, even if they're leaders in the field. Um, so that makes their day, it makes them feel good, but it also establishes a connection. And that's a connection you can follow up on later, um, keep in touch with that person. If they, you know that they research on this specific muscle protein, you can send a follow-up email maybe a few months later. Hey, I was reading this paper on this specific protein and I thought you would enjoy it. Um, just kind of maintaining those connections once you've established them. But like the first thing is, you know, it's a little, it is a little scary, but another thing that I like to remind myself is that, you know, they were students at one point. They all started off, they had their first day in the lab, they had their first lecture they attended. You know, these are real people and like as scary as they may seem like you know like they they enjoy talking to students and they were once in our shoes so I think that's what I at least tell myself to get over some of that initial you know fear and apprehension and normally they're really sweet and really awesome yeah yeah and it's really great just how proactive you've been and just reaching out to many different people and just kind of like anyone you might be interested in or their work um, and, you know, finding those ways that you can meet them and then also the importance of staying connected with them. Um, yeah. Another, you know, something you just touched on was, you know, that, that fear component. So as a student, it's common being nervous to reach out to individuals, especially those who are, you know, leaders in the field or ones you may be a little starstruck of or, you know, you look up to a lot. Um, and you kind of briefly touched on it, but you know, what are ways that you kind of work through that fear or maybe steps that someone could take, like like little things that they could do um, to, to start working on that component of reaching out and, and not always being, you know, not being apprehensive because they might miss some of those opportunities. Yeah, I think it starts with maybe setting small goals for yourself. So first time, maybe you just attend the conference. Maybe you haven't gone to conferences before or attended a lecture. Okay, I'm gonna to try to do 
one new lecture a month or whatever the goal that's realistic for you. Okay, so the first time you do that. The next time you go to an event, you talk to the person next to you. So they might be another student, they might be a faculty member, they might just be someone who likes science. Um, and then kind of build your way up. This You can make it a progressive goal to eventually get to the time, okay, like at this lecture, my goal is to go and talk to the person who's giving the lecture. Like sometimes there's a line, you have to wait in line, you know? Maybe you have a question written down to kind of calm some nerves. Um, but setting those little goals help push yourself. So I think that's a really good way to start at least. Yeah, that, that's some really great advice. I think um, like small goal setting makes it a lot less overwhelming. Um, I know that I'm definitely somebody who benefits from small goal setting on a regular basis. Um, so I definitely think that that's a great way to start. Um, and I guess shifting more into kind of the virtual side of things. So we're talking a lot about um, those in-person connections and like talk to one person at the conference. And we talked a little bit about email, but I do know that you're also quite active on academic Twitter. Yes. And could you tell us, yeah, could you <laughs> tell us a little bit about kind of how you've branded yourself on Twitter as well as how to go about creating your own content, figuring out who to follow, who to engage with, things like that. Yeah, of course, okay. I'm going to be honest, I don't have a big Twitter following or anything like that. There's some real superstars out there, but I've enjoyed kind of um, engaging with other scientists on academic Twitter and reading the latest articles. What's like the coolest thing I find out, find about Twitter is like literally the second an article gets published online, someone can tweet it and like within like five minutes you could have, you know, like started to read this article that just came out. Like you can learn about the latest and greatest research. But another really nice part about Twitter is it's enabled me to build a community of muscle biologists who are around the world. Um, and that exists in whatever field you are, whether it's biomechanics or neuro or whatever. Um, so something about Twitter that I kind of did initially was I kind of figured out who were the big leaders in my field and saw if they were on Twitter. Um, so I picked a few muscle biologists, physiologists, and started following them. And then I would see who they were tweeting at or um, replying to or engaging with. And that's kind of how I started building who I wanted to follow. Um, and then content-wise, um, you know, it's kind of scary to, like, make your own tweets and, like, come up with original content. So a nice thing that I started doing, at least initially, was uh, kind of replying to other tweets so if there was a cool paper that I read you know just commenting hey interest retweet with comment that's the term yeah so you can like retweet with comment interesting paper I thought it was great that you know this person found out this or even just interesting paper is enough to like engage with that scientist and maybe they follow you back maybe you start you know following each other's work um, but then the next step is kind of showing your personality and making it fun you know like I've kind of engaged with some muscle physiologists and we were joking about, I don't know how much the audience knows about muscles, but there's different bands in the sarcomere. So the sarcomere is the contractile unit of muscle. Um, basically there's different bands that are kind of positional markers. And we were joking about A bands and I bands that are part of muscle and rock bands. Like this was the scientist was a musician and you know, there was just like a fun little back and forth. So, you know, it's, it's fun to show your personality and 
scientists are not just people who you know are in the lab the whole time they have music interest and sports interest and kind of showing that you have some personality to you and you're fun and you do other things like I think that's really awesome to kind of build your brand in a professional way but also show that you're a real person um, and then yeah tweeting original content if you have you know we're in a P we're all three in PhD programs like there's PhD struggles too and relating and um, talking to other students getting feedback I think that's um, another great benefit of Twitter yeah I think that's some really great advice and I know Marie and I are personally trying to get more into the academic Twitter scene so we'll take you up on some of that um, and I, I you know I think it comes back to some of what we mentioned before even with the in-person stuff that kind of um, you know intimidation or a little bit of fear of like especially as a student you know it, like actually putting out your own post um, and maybe again taking those like smaller steps of you know replying to someone else's or liking or retweeting like those kind of things before you get into even posting your own stuff and I think another thing you touched on that was really um, important was you know showing your personality because I think we also have that you know I mean obviously you know being professional but um, in a way to show show who you are as well because that's what makes you you know stand out as a person too exactly. um, and then so taking it now a little step away again from the virtual scene um, we want to touch on specifically the fact that you know you're in Boston or in this you know big hub um, or you know any city I guess for that matter where it's like a university town you have a lot of access to all of these things um, for you you know what have your experiences been in making connections you know, outside of the academic space so outside the actual university but just being in the city in general yeah honestly one of the major reasons I selected Boston University was the fact that we are in Boston and you can make professional and personal connections here you cannot make anywhere else in the world like the impact of that like you you really can't you can't beat it you know it's boston right so there are so many hospital labs universities right um so the person you bump into on the street could be a you know key person in your field and you don't even know it or maybe you do know it and then you go up and introduce it yourself you know um so one thing that I've enjoyed doing is taking advantage of, okay, so yes, we're at BU, but I don't just attend these seminars and lectures at BU. I, I try to, you know, look on Twitter, hey, there's a really cool um, little workshop or conference at MGH, Mass General Hospital, and I'll pop over there. Um, and so just keeping an eye out for what's available. And it can be overwhelming. So maybe, you know, like honing in on what's interesting to you. Um, but then also like you never know who you're going to meet and just kind of being open to making connections. And again, this is about building those genuine personal relationships. Um, it was actually funny the other day I was walking back from church and uh, someone had complimented my shoes. So we were talking and afterwards it turns out that she was a director of a biology, a graduate biology program at another university here in Boston and was inviting me to you know, come to some of the seminars that they host. So we connected on LinkedIn and, you know, like how, how did, I, I would have never thought that walking down the street, you know, um, a conversation could turn into a professional connection, but you know, that, that's the stuff that only happens in Boston. 
Um, so I think it's fun to engage with other students and just the people that you meet out salsa dancing, you know, like whatever you enjoy doing, there's always ways to make some really nice connections that could be very um, valuable professional connections, but you never know until, you know, you go out and chat with people. So that's another fun part of Boston. And then also like it's Boston, there's so many fun things to do. So whatever your hobby is, um, there's ways to kind of explore that and just enjoy the city on the scientific side, but also it's beautiful, like running by the Charles. I know, you know, Jenna's a runner over here too. And we enjoy going on lots of walks, Maria, and whatever we end, do end up doing, it's always fun. So I think students have, uh, a very unique opportunity here in Boston professionally and then just personally to enjoy the city. Yeah, I think I think that's such a great perspective. Like thinking of almost every opportunity as an opportunity to make a new connection, but we be it personally or professionally. Um, just taking advantage of the things that are around you, going to like more academic or more professional events, but also like personable events and kind of just waiting to see what comes your way. Because I think as you said earlier, like even if it doesn't end up being a professional connection, like it'll just be another person that you know that does something really cool in the city. Well, Mandy, it was so great to talk to you. We really appreciate your insight and you taking the time to be here with us today and hope that some of what you shared will help any grad students out there who are struggling to build their professional circle. If you'd like to learn and hear more about Mandy's journey through grad school, be sure to follow her on Twitter at Mandy underscore Panero, and that's spelled P-I-N H-E-I-R-O underscore. You can also follow us on Twitter at Maria J. Ayub, and that's A-Y-O-U-B, and at Zajac underscore Jenna, and that's Z-A-J-A-C. And of course, you can follow the podcast at BU Vitamin PhD. We hope you enjoyed this season of Vitamin PhD, and we'll leave you with this quote from Mandy's recent feature on One Million Women in STEM. The world needs multifaceted girls from all different backgrounds and personalities in STEM. So be authentically yourself. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you join us next season on Vitamin PhD.